This is a topic I want to include more info on in the future for you because it seems like it's something that there's not a lot of tutorials, info, and quite frankly, education online available for. Yet it's one of the biggest aspects of our work as makeup artists, personal groomers, and artists in general for TV and film, fashion, photographic work, so many aspects of makeup. This is 5-Minute Face Talk. I'm Karen, and I've been a film and TV makeup artist for over 25 years now. And inside 5-Minute Face Talk, I'll share the cream of the crop makeup and skincare products, techniques, top tips, and no-nos, and hopefully a giggle or two all in bite-sized episodes to help you look and feel fab. Because life's too short for YouTube videos. Often, young artists today, I find, have a lot of experience with these photo-perfect images, these airbrush-ready, airbrush-perfect, very heavily made up, concealing, correcting, you name it, just foundation layers, I guess. And then a job falls in their lap to do male makeup for headshots or for press. And I see it time and time again that they have no reference point of how much or how little products that they actually need to use on a man's face for him to photograph well. It's important to acknowledge that the male makeup is different to women's makeup for so many reasons. First of all, for the greater part, men wear less makeup than women. Now, while this is not always the case, it is more often than not. And when you apply corrective makeup on a man, if you go overboard, it can look unnatural. And this may not be the look that that person or the creatives behind the project you're on are after. So it's important to know and understand what all parties are comfortable with. And for the average male client, this is likely to be a no makeup look or a basic corrective makeup. So that being said, there are times when I have put absolutely no makeup on a man's face and that the work has centered around shaving and grooming, shaping eyebrows, tidying nose and ear hair, sometimes necklines and chest lines if they're on the her suit side of things, which people can be. <laughs> sometimes you may have to give a naturally paler complexion man more of a tan or a richer shade and simply by utilizing some anti-shine in hot spots or simply using a quick swipe of pore filler on a textured nose. So how do the techniques differ from beauty makeup? Now this is where your techniques truly do differ from a typical beauty makeup. On the other hand, I have had rare moments where I've had to do a full corrective makeup once on an older gentleman who had heavy age spots, scars, acne scars, red spots, the whole deal. And to even him out, which can feel like a beauty makeup sometimes. But the art is knowing the best approach, where if on a woman, I might have applied a full face foundation first and then concealed and corrected the still visible marks after the fact, where on this gentleman, I simply spot covered for what felt like a really long time to match with his own natural skin tone. Another common technique that you should be aware of and skilled at is beard covering. 
And no matter what skin tone you might have to do this on, be sure to know your color theory as you won't want to use your foundation to do this as the result will no doubt leave your person looking ashy or even blue in the beard area that you are covering. So be sure to find your preferred orange or red based beard cover products too. And now I touched on this earlier, but it's important to know what to cover and what not to cover. And this can often come down to very simple communication. By simply talking to your client, you can understand what they want, how they feel, and what they're looking for within your input. Whether they want no product at all, or they're looking for coverage under the eyes or eyebrow definition, whatever they want. Because ultimately, your job does involve making them feel comfortable and confident. So respecting their own feelings are of very high importance. Now, I have mentioned this before on the blog, but I love to use the MAC Pro Airbrush Makeup as foundation on men. I use it with a large powder brush and sometimes even with a toner or with the cleanser that it pairs well with to thin down. And although you have to work quickly, it sits so naturally as a base and leaves no hint of product and it does not move. And if I need to come back in after for a heavier correcting or concealing under the eyes or on any spots, I can do so with my creams afterwards. But for a quick all over complexion shift or basing out, I love this product. And speaking of creams, I do tend to use the MAC corrector and concealer palettes as well. And I love all of the skin tone options with these palettes. And I promise you, this isn't necessarily a MAC dedicated episode. It's just turning out that way. The Dermacolor palettes, I also love. They're great for a stronger coverage. And of course, my favorite Color Science Mineral Corrector palette for light skin tones. And for a heavier, almost made-up look, I have been known to use the odd Armani Luminous Silk Foundation on more than a man or two in my time. Although it should be known, if you haven't used Luminous Silk, beware the strong fragrance that the makeup has. Just be aware, as it might be just too much for some. Male grooming is a massive part of our job, so if this is brand new to you, get as much practice as you can you'll soon develop an eye for what's too much and what's not enough. And you'll learn even more by asking the right questions that should always start with something like, and what are you comfortable with? How much coverage do you like? That sort of thing. Learn to read the room, as I say. And as always, remember that so much of our work as makeup artists isn't actually doing makeup, but it's by being observant and perceptive. And once you've perfected your male makeup skills, Then we can get talking about facial hair grooming, beards and trimming, and so much other good stuff too. But that's for next time. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye.